to join is now here. So um, let's get going. So uh, today, what I'd like to talk about is the various potential um, threats or concerns for Tesla in the near term. So the three main topics I think we should talk about is FSD with Andre Kaprathi leaving. We can talk about COVID Shanghai, potential issues there that are brewing. The you know 4680 delay and how that's impacting the Gigafactory um, production ramp and then how that might then impact the semi, truck and other vehicle uh, production, and then also how much that might impact the billions of dollars lost per day as they're trying to get this um, onboarded. So those are the three main topics. Um, last week, we had a great space where we talked about all the different catalysts, upcoming catalysts that's going to make the Tesla stock potentially rise. And then on Tuesday, two days ago, we talked about the potential the potential inhibitors of Tesla's stock, what's making it not rise, what's keeping it down. We had a great conversation there. And then I think today what'd be interesting is, you know, we all are all, most of us here are bulls. We all believe that there's there's lots of, uh, we're optimistic, we see good things happening. We're watching the fundamentals of Tesla continue to just kick butt. And we're gonna actually see their uh, earnings report in, um, in, the, uh, in, in July 20th. But we all know that Q3, Q4 is looking great. So we are hearing, though, that there's some major issues that have been popping up. And I'd like to have a kind of a, a both sides discussion here of what some people think. So regarding Andre Karpathy leaving, he is the director of AI. Um, he's been involved. He was one of the founders of OpenAI and one of the early folks that kind of had the idea of, you know, going on vision. And between him and Elon, they really set the path straight for Tesla FSD to be vision only. And there's two sides to this uh, debate of whether or not him leaving is a you know really bad sign, a bad omen. It means that FSD is going to take a long time. Uh, there's a Gene Munster, he's one of the analysts, who said that he is now estimating that FSD is not going to be available for another year. So instead of uh, 2024, it's, he's going to push it out to 2025. Then there's um, Gary, who said that no, this, this is not a good sign. If he's leaving now, it's unlikely that that means that FSD is getting very close to be solved. And he thinks that that might mean that um, you know it's going to be a long time before we see this. But he didn't think it's going to impact the stock. So that's sort of one side. And then there's the others who are saying, hey, he is the director of AI. He's the vision guy. It's actually Ashok um, Elaswamy, who's actually the director of autopilot team. And he's the one that's continuing to create um, the various um, autopilot versions. So we've got um, uh, Chuck Cook here. He, he was named by Elon in the last tweet. Uh, where he was saying, you know, we've got 10.13 about to be released anyways, and it's going to be able to solve Chuck's left turn. So I'd like to talk to him about that. And then we've got um, Brandon, who's also an FSD expert. And then between Alex and um, Brian from My Tesla Weekend, these guys are experts in the production and Gigatex Texas manufacturing, and they can give us insights there. So let's start off with everybody's opinions about Andre Karpathy leaving. And let's go down the list here. So um, why don't we start with you, Alex? Uh, what's your initial reaction to this? Do you think it's a positive, is it a negative, nothing burger? What's your thought? So um, 
I mean, obviously, this is coming as a surprise to many people, but we've known that he was on a sabbatical um, traveling through Europe, I believe. Um, and some people already at that point in time said this is maybe <laughs> the first step to, to step out. Um, but my initial reaction is that it's pretty normal for a director level or above at Tesla after five years in such a position, which is extremely demanding. Uh, you pay a high price with your private life. And uh, so I'm not surprised that people are leaving from time to time. That's, that's I believe, a very, very normal process and has absolutely, in my opinion, and this is just an opinion, nothing at all to do with any progress or not progress of full self-driving or autopilot or you name it. This is just not, I mean, I'm an engineer, engineers around here in the room. Uh, I, I don't think that an engineer who is really deep in AI and in, in all of this autonomous driving stuff would make a decision based on a conclusion like, oh, this takes longer than I expected, and because it takes longer, I'm leaving now. This is just not how it works. Um, so I'm, I'm, I have a very different opinion than Gene Monster and, and Gary, and also expressed this already to Gary. So I don't think that this has anything to do with the progress made or not. Um, having said that, we, we may have a delay or may not have a delay, whatever you call it, delay, <laughs> based on full self-driving. Um, so this is, this is a completely different and separate topic. We know that Tesla is hiring talent all the time and they are investing a lot of into activities like AI Day number two, um, to, to get smart people on board. And Andre has, I believe, been a great guy. He's been very vocal. So we, we often heard from him, I mean, via Twitter. And others have been pretty silent, which does not mean that they are not extremely important, have a high-ranked role, or making a true difference to the development. So we say nothing, Burger, to be honest. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that. Um, what's what's uh, let's let's have Chuck uh, come on here and tell me like there's people that are saying and I actually fall in this camp a little bit. If I am Andre Kaprathi, this is solving one of the most, the biggest problem in the world, and I'm and I started and built it. Why would I leave if it's about to be solved within a few months? If it's about to be solved in a few months, I'm going to stay over. It, uh, the way I calculated was if it's solved within six months, like let's say by, by the end of the year, then him leaving now, that means that he was still the guy that did this. But if it's solved in a year or two years from now, then, you know, his contribution to the solving this problem is, is, is not really him anymore. So I just think it's odd that he's leaving now if... FSD is going to come close. So, Chuck, you have been testing FSD forever, um, and you've been watching its development and progress. Maybe you can give us an idea of what's your thoughts of its progress and what you think, how close it is or far away from being solved. Yeah, well, thanks. Can you guys hear me okay? It looks like yes. I'm speaking. Yeah. Um, first of all, on the Andre thing, I, I'm a technical leader at a large corporation, and I, you know, this is normal. While we don't want to hear it because Andre created a very magnetic educator style way of presenting a complex subject to a large group of people, 
um, it is, uh, I think, a healthy thing for an organization. Now, I agree with you. I don't think Andre would be leaving if FSD was going to be done by the end of this year, like Elon has stated. But for those of you that follow me, that has never been my opinion. Um, I, I, I think it is getting better. And I took some drives again today, and, and it is really, really doing some great things. But to take that driver out of that seat, in my opinion, is a regulatory hurdle that no one is really talking about. I fly airplanes for a living and deal with the FAA, and the the regulatory hurdles to, to do things legally, uh, in a, especially in an unconstrained environment, is, is a hurdle. Uh, even if technically I'm in the car and never have a disengagement or an engine, uh, taking that driver out is, is a huge step. I think that the FSD complete uh, phrase that was used uh, in your description is never going to be achieved. This is something that will continue to be evolved. It, it, right? We'll say it reached a milestone. We'll say it's ready for level four one day probably, but I don't think complete is, right. is, uh, is, right. is, is, a, is a good way to describe it. I think... Um, City streets complete is probably definitely something we can quantify uh, because that is a feature that they are selling as part of the SD package. And when that is complete, I think they're trying to measure as safely for any human now. They're trying not to measure, measure themselves against a level three, four, five kind of a scale. And I think that I think a good lawyer can probably make a great case on getting regulatory approval with safer than a, a human mm-hmm. logic one day. Um, and I think that is probably the hurdle. So. Uh, just to sum up a little bit what I said, I, I definitely think we have some hardware issues on the older cars that is not going to get solved without a retrofit. That's been my opinion. That shouldn't shock anyone. I do really, really think it is getting better. I had some amazing drives today, even some behavior on the same build that felt better today than previously. And obviously, the brain can be a funny thing when you're when you're driving and observing yourself. Um, so I, I don't think FSD is going to be done this year. I don't that therefore car. Carpathy leaving uh, in in the big scheme of things, although a bit of a disappointment. I also think there might be a little bit of inside baseball we have no clue into about arguments over strategy, about you know maybe really? direction, maybe direction or other different things that that may have happened around the whole vision radar uh, complement. Who knows? There's just a lot of things we don't know, and we're just speculating. Hey. Um, Chuck, it's anyway. pretty amazing that Elon actually tweeted yesterday and he named you. <laughs> he said, Chuck's left turn. That's pretty awesome. You contributed to their team. You're almost like one part of the team. Uh, he said that 10.13 is going to come out shortly. Uh, version 11 will come out uh, by next month or something like that. And he said that your left turn is going to be soft. Okay. So if it's true and you're going to prove to us it is, is it isn't, what would you then focus on after you, you considered if you think that the, his, the, the unprotected left turn, which I, we all thought was the hardest problem? And if that's not the hardest problem, what's the next? Yeah. Well, first of all, don't misquote Elon. He did not say solved. He did say Chuck's complex uh, left turn; it should improve. So I don't want to okay. spread spread a more rumor than than he he said. Uh, believe me, I've got a lot of things I love to test. I think you know uh, city streets without center lane markings, without curbs. I think just a normal drive. You know, watching uh, behaviors change, regressions, the way it is impatient. There's a lot of work still to do on auto high beams and turn signals and and uh, and things like that. 
uh, there's a lot of little tweaks. And if, if me getting the attention with this one turn succeeded, I, I now, and I have had inside information that I knew they were watching, but now that it's public, it's, yes. it's, it's great to see. I, I, I now know that we, we do have a little bit of platform in order to highlight issues that they may or may not be aware of because we don't have a good feedback loop. And I know Brandon would support me on this with the developers. We're just kind of a one-way valve. And and sometimes you wonder if anybody's watching, but statements like yesterday uh, really does, I think, help validate to the whole community that they are taking our, our, our time and effort and, and considering it. Thank you, Chuck. So, Brandon, you last time we spoke, you said, oh, my God, FSDs, amazing. I've never seen it do this before. It's ready. I'm so excited about it. What's your uh, thoughts about Carpathy leaving and what's your belief of FSD's progress at this point? Brandon? Oh, we lost Brandon. Jeffrey, your turn. <laughs> Jeffrey. Oh, hi there. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Hey, thanks for hosting this uh, yourself and Nash. Appreciate it. And I just want to say quick thanks to folks like Chuck and Brandon for their testing. I, I follow it on you know Twitter and YouTube. And as someone who's shipped some of the highest volume platforms, uh, you know, like you know, consumer electronics, I, I would love to have sitting on the outside of the company providing the kind of feedback that they do. It's invaluable. So thanks. Um, really quick, I just wanted to add to this take on Andre's departure. Um, number one, highly telegraphed um, from you know, from the last AI day and bringing up the entire team, showing the span and capability of the team, uh, I think was important. So highly telegraphed, I think, from that point. Uh, and then the four-month sabbatical, usually there's a high uh, failure rate of people returning from sabbaticals. Again, my experience in working in high-pressure situations uh, like this. I will give it a different take, though, mm which is, um, I, I, you know, when, you, when you, anybody who's developed and shipped a complex new architecture from scratch to finish knows that it happens in major phases. Sometimes it's clunky and ugly, but it happens in phases. And I believe Andre's, uh, his major contribution was the architecture of what, what the approach to compu using computer vision, this approach to FSE, Dojo, I think these were his contributions, which is like creating the platform that would eventually be now coded and executed. And so there's this super talented, you know, FSD team um, led by Ashok that is that they're they're coding and they're they're grinding through this. They're sending the releases out. They're getting bugs. They're fixing the bug. Like I, I think they're executing this vision that was crafted by Andre and Elon. And so I think my perspective is is like he contributed his major phase of the work five mm -hmm. years is a long time in the valley and he's done and i think it's it's not unusual from my perspective like this this, this isn't his phase of the work uh, i'm a little bit surprised i thought he would have more maybe to do on bot but um so maybe there's something there but i i, I my, my key takeaway is he he executed his phase of, of delivering this, and I think he did. And this is when people actually do move on. Thank you, Jeffrey. I want to get to Robert Scoble, but let's get let's let Brandon. He got dropped off. Can you? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm actually driving, and I'm in a really low service area. But 
Um, I was actually just going to comment the same thing. So I work in software IT and, you know, it's not very uncommon to have someone that's doing, you know, some like machine learning, like he's doing. Um, it's not uncommon for someone to just finish their project and leave. So it, his portion of that particular project may be complete. So as far as I'm concerned, the abilities for the machine learning and all the neural networks are that it's just now being fine-tuned by, by all the developers and coders and the autopilot team. So um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, we already saw him take sabbatical um, a few months ago, so already knew he was already pretty much done. Um, from a software point of view, um, I think that it may be that they're much further along um, than we actually believe that they are, what we actually see that they are. So, you know, I don't actually think it's a bad thing. I And this version's still one of the best versions I've ever driven. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Brandon. This this group is too optimistic, okay? I mean, Tesla is the most exciting place to work at. You're going to have the biggest challenges. Why would you leave the company? I get the burnout issue, uh, but he took a sabbatical, and for him to leave at this point, I just there might be something else here, but you guys seem to pass it on. So, Robert Scoble is a is an this. I'm so happy you joined because you are so connected with many of the top technology companies for decades. You know this stuff. You probably hear about top executives, and you hear these secrets before it actually comes public. And yeah. so, what's your take on all this? <laughs> um, I'm not too worried about uh, Carpathy leaving. I mean, it is a loss for sure. But innovators like that like to be at the early stages of things. Sebastian Thrun left Waymo long ago, right? He was the first guy who did the Google self-driving car, worked on the Stanford car before that, right? And now he's building an, a, another company. And I think, you know, people like that, they get itchy real quick to do something new. They don't like to be the... They're not the... the um, the woodworker who likes shaving the, the 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 splinters off the chair. They let that they let other people do that. They like to form the chair. Right. Robert, is there any people who might be poached by Apple, uh, Google, or another yeah, company? Always. You know, everybody has a price. <laughs> <laughs> everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. <laughs> there, there's a chance I I would be shocked because the world has changed. Carpathy changed the world, right? The the AI system that he built at Tesla has radically changed the playing field. So going to another company just doesn't seem like it would be interesting to him for building an autonomous car, right? Now, if you gave, gave him a new job to do something new, great. But I, I just don't see him doing that you know, at, at a company that's going to fail. And and Tesla is dramatically pulling ahead of the game. The thing to, and I, I love Chuck, what Chuck said, right on point, the thing to watch is the rate of improvement. Uh, when I had uh, dinner with the guy who ran Siri at Apple, I asked him, what? because Siri was launching my son's bedroom, so I know Siri from the day one, right? So cool. And I'm what, what are you learning about being an Apple? He goes, well, I'm learning Google's kicking. This was seven years ago. I had dinner with him. He, he said, I, I'm learning Google's kicking our ass. And I like, how do you know that? He goes, well, 
we instrumented Google and we instrumented our system, and we know that they're learning faster, their AI is learning faster than ours is, and therefore we have to start over. And we still haven't seen that new Siri, by the way, right? The start over Siri. Yeah. And same thing here. The the Tesla system is learning faster than any other so far right now. And has more data. He has a, a Tesla is driving across the Golden Gate Bridge every 10 seconds. And I stood out there like, like two weeks ago and I didn't see any other autonomous cars. Right? Start thinking about that. Where's that data going? How many how much data per car is being uploaded to the Dojo system right now? Some some people I've seen say 25 gigabytes a day. Yeah. So you're saying that Andre Kapathy has no input or no impact to that data that's being captured now. No, I think Dojo coming out. I think whoever said that he's the architect is right on. He mm -hmm. built it. He built the system. He architected it. He hired the staff. He made the the philosophy, which is that we can see, if we can see things with our human eyes, the AI should be able to see them too. That's a philosophy that Elon has um, articulated, right? The camera versus LiDAR philosophy. I think that came from Andre, from Carpathia. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Right? Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, Robert. Anyways, I'm not too worried about it. It's the rate of change that you have to look at. And yeah, yeah. is it two years or four years or six years? It doesn't matter. It's coming. It's very well, clear it's coming. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's, a, I mean, amazing perspective and, and totally like aligning with everything that you're saying is like 25 gigabytes per car is a lot. I mean, that's probably average, but yeah, so much data and Realistically, these brains are being trained to, you know, do anything that, you know, a human driver could do or more, if not more. I mean, if the perception is vastly improved. Wonderful. So let's get we, to Chuck we, and, uh, we, and then one, I'll get to Brian. Point, we need a leader who understands augmented reality because the data can be used for that. And we need a leader who can understand how to build robots because that's a different task than building a, an autonomous car. It's the same data set, same simulator, same general philosophies but we need new leaders to take those things and make them real now too yeah chuck did you want to say something yeah I, I was just gonna bounce off of robert robert first of all thank you for that uh comment i i really do think he is the architect but i want to clarify my opinion that i do not think the neural network structure is completely architected exactly. they can additional neural networks they keep enhancing funds and capabilities through the neural network and until that network stack is kind of stops changing we will continue to see regressions as additional capabilities are added that affect others in an undetermined way and until dojo is doing all of the training and we're not doing auto labeling with human correction the, they're collecting more data in my opinion than they can possibly label right now to the point of the data and i think they're just sticking in a sock and waiting until they can honestly train on all of it in a unique data set. So my point was, I think they're still adding neural networks every single major release. I think as they add those networks, we should expect regressions. Once those neural networks start to stabilize and change much less, they can train the heck out of this thing and we'll start marching those nines, which I don't think we're marching yet. 
Wonderful. Uh, so, Brian, uh, from my Tesla weekend, he has a, a pretty incredible um, YouTube channel. He's very an expert in kind of um, doing the production numbers and the Gigafactory factories. I want to ask you about COVID in Shanghai and the 4680 delivery issues. But before we jump off to that topic, we're going to stay here with FSD. Did you have any comments on this topic? So I'm thinking that Andre's departure is already priced in, considering the stock didn't really move uh, today. And if it is close to done and he does leave now, it's not like he's forfeiting credit. He would still get the credit. And I think that um, he's looking to lay some new foundations for something else radical somewhere else. That's going to, you know, he wants he wants somewhere he can go where he can be earlier in a march of nines. Well, then what's other than the robot? Uh, come on. Mm. <laughs> Tell me no, what, what's, yeah, what's the best. Yeah, that's a very... That's a very good point about his tweet the other day about wanting to do more things with education. Um, and like, mm. maybe he wants to have like a broader impact of improving, not just a single company, but more so like mm. uh, help other developers get to the point where they can create software like Tesla has. I mean, I think even if he were to try to build some open source tools, that would be immensely valuable to, you know, the technology at large. He did come from OpenAI. That was where he founded that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And like realistically, Tesla has to remain private and um, mostly to satisfy shareholders, I would assume, right? So, uh, Red Tesla Girls, welcome. Did you have a vision? Uh, yeah, first off, I want to say that I think we have a fantastic uh, family of beta testers. I'm really happy that we're we do. All here. Um, my thought is with Carpathy leaving is that, yes, he was a key player, but he was also the representative or the spokesperson for a great uh, beta team. So there's a lot of, uh, still, we still have a lot of great software engineers there. And the reason Carpathy left could be there's two parties. He was burned out with all the pressure. And I know in the tech industry, there's great turnover with software and hardware engineers. Or maybe it was just too much pressure and he had to leave. So I can see it two ways. I'm not quite sure. Um, I've been a beta tester since October and have seen great improvements. I still have some, I guess, phantom breaking, not aggressive, but some. But it's doing a lot better than it has in the past versions. And I'm looking forward to the latest version coming out to external next week with hopefully beta version 11 at the end of next month. Is Tesla FSD, will it be finished by the end of the year? I don't think so. Um, when I heard that Elon had applied for a patent for radar, um, Maybe he really does need radar or mm. maybe an infrared camera that can see through clouds and snow and what have you. So that are my, those are my thoughts on the FSD. Thanks, Red Tesla Girl. So before JB to ask another question, I want to ask this question to the speakers. Anybody can answer it. What's the chance, is there even a likelihood that he was actually fired by Elon? So he is burned out. He's not working as hard as everyone else is. He wants to have a sabbatical. Elon said, hey, we got to solve this thing. I need somebody who's 100% in. Anybody have a comment on that? 
do we think that there would be a celebration party in Palo Alto if that was the case? <laughs> you know, I'm just having seen Elon respond to him. I, I just don't think it was him being fired at all. I think he actually was leaving on his own terms. You, come on, you guys. You know that when he said four months ago he's going to go on sabbatical, that was his that was already done. It was gone. It was a way to just soften the blow like it they work perfectly market, uh, you know, marketing-wise. Well, don't forget that Andre may have had the self-awareness to realize it was time in this program for him to move on for the betterment of Tesla, which is the backwards of uh, Elon fired him. He may have fired himself. Yeah, I think so. I, I agree with you guys. I just <laughs> wanted to bring up the question. Okay, JB, did you have a question to ask? Yeah, I do. Uh, not really a question, but I was hoping to just make a general comment. I hate to be uh, the dissenter of the group, uh, but hopefully something to discuss. But I still think the greatest achievement we could be accomplishing with Tesla is uh, moving off of oil more than mm -hmm. FSD. And even if FSD was just scrapped overnight, I still think we accomplish way more by getting more people off of oil than than it, the ability to drive yourself. For instance, I had such a great feeling with a, a friend who finally got off an oil car, had the Tesla. He said, I did not clearly communicate with him on how great the car is. And I've, he's known me forever to be a Tesla, Elon Musk fanboy. But holy cow, I clearly didn't communicate. This car is incredible. And I think that's a better high that we could all achieve than that guy driving himself, his car driving himself to the high school, that's completely irrelevant. Whether he drove himself no, or not, it's completely irrelevant. I, so I sorry, JB, I, I think sure. you're wrong because Elon himself said, okay, Elon said that the vehicle EV market is a percent of all global sales. In order to get to 100% of the uh, installed base of all cars out there, it's going to take 10, 20, 30 years. And if he creates, a, you know, 100 factories, it's still going to take 10, 20, 30 years for them to switch it all out. He needs people to help him. But the faster way is to do robo-taxi. Then no one needs to buy new cars. And that's the fastest way to change transportation instead of individuals driving cars, whether it's EVs or and all that. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, robo-taxi yeah. is going to change the world faster. Fair, fair enough. I, I, I would have to... But the only thing I would just say on a stock perspective, a 2 million run rate is way more achievable and exciting. And the stock market's waiting for that. And we could be there now. And then next year, we could be at two and a half to 3 million. And that just starts to turn heads now more than FSD, I would think. Because FSD is like the odds of it being, as someone said, it's never going to be finished in our lifetime is i don't think we're i think we're moving i think we should move the goalpost down a little bit and i hear you because elon musk said this company is worthless without fsd i just disagree with him i really just talk about elon i think it's worth a lot more. <laughs> he gives credit to okay and he should give himself some more credit this is a good we have a good thing going here and i hope we keep it going but we're getting bogged down with this impossible task and just to that end i'll stop talking is i think the ai robot of it making me breakfast in the morning for $200 a month and cleaning the dishes has way more value than my car driving me to the high school. Go ahead. Yep. Okay. Well, JB, so I'm going to add a new topic, but we can 
discuss whichever topic you guys want to talk about. Either it's this FSD issue or this new topic, which is you know potential issues with Tesla. So COVID Shanghai was one of the biggest contributor to to reduction in production of cars. They have a huge heat wave right now, and there's talk that there's a potential for the government to actually shut down Shanghai again. There's a new COVID fear that's coming around. In fact, today, uh, for the next three days, they're doing a mandatory mass testing. Nobody has said that they're going to do shutdowns, but that's exactly what happened the first time around. Nobody said anything, and then it happened. So there's their fears that that's going to happen. And then secondly, we all know that there's been a delay in 4680. And and is it? Is, do we believe that it's solved? Do we think that we're going to start seeing it uh, ramp up, ramp up faster? We know that Elon was in the Tesla Owners Club of Silicon Valley. He said that you know this factory is burning a billion dollars a day, or you know I don't know if that's actually what he said, but something like that. And his priority is to get this up and running. And if if it takes longer to get Gigafactory taxes back up in production levels, then everything will be delayed, right? So semi, the truck, Cybertruck, and others. So I wanted to ask um, uh, uh, Brian from My Tesla Weekend, what's your, you know, this is your expertise, this is your thing that you've been following like a hawk for so long. What's your thoughts on these topics? So uh, Shanghai is an absolute wild card. It could it could shut down at any time, but in the long term, it doesn't matter. It will reopen and it will reopen stronger. All it really does, if it does shut down again, is prioritize other locations outside of Shanghai for diversity of production. In terms of the 4680, what we learned today from Jordan Giesecke on the limiting factor is that it has a dry electrode and a wet cathode. So that may be the reason they're building their own cathode factory in Texas, which would allow potentially improved performance, almost certainly improved price and speed of production, which would uh, contribute uh, within probably six to 12 months substantially to massive improvements in output. Yeah, and I saw your video. You've been tracking the cathode factories at 46% built. It's the size of a Home Depot. But if all this is delayed by six months to a year, then isn't everything going to be delayed? Not not at all. The Everything has a plan B and a plan C. And right now, plan C is the 2170s. Plan B is the uh, 4680s with dry electrode and wet cathode. And plan A is all dry electrode. So there's always a backup and a backup to the backup. <laughs> oh, you're brilliant, Brian. I, everybody needs to follow him on YouTube. Uh, Jeffrey, what's your thoughts on this? This is uh, another area that you're pretty sharp on. Jeffrey? No? Hi there. Yep. Hey, sorry. Um, I definitely agree with... Um, Brian? Yeah, with with Brian and, and his sentiment, um, it, it's probably my top concern as well. Is it given you know that the forty six eighties are critical input to all these products launching, as you said? So, I mean, I, I mean, I asked the question in the for the shareholder, sorry for the earnings coming up. Just what you know? Just can you get more specific with with us? Like, I know they won't, but. What is the expected, you know, daily yield? Where are we at? What is this expected daily, either UPH or daily output? And 
and where are we at? I think that's really important to understanding how this full year is going to end out and are these products going to launch on time? Um, so yeah, I think it's a top, a top issue. I just don't have any new info, um, to share other than it's, it's critical. Okay. Thank you. Oh, I did invite, um, Andre and then, oh, there he is. He has requested again. I'll have to bring you back up, Andre. Go ahead, Andre. Andrea. Andrea. Okay. Um, awesome. So let's see. Uh, Tesla, Red Tesla Girl, do you have another question? Um, yeah, just two points on the FSD. Uh, one, I don't think Carpathia was fired. I think yeah. he's on still really good terms with uh, Elon. And my other my other concern is that uh, Elon's demands that everybody put in at least 40 hours in the office. That means 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And there's people with families that might not be able to handle that. And I hope we don't lose um, seasoned and um, highly trained engineers, software engineers and hardware engineers in that respect. As far as the gigafactories, I'm concerned about the macro environment. Um, you know, the European Union is going to be shutting off gas from Russia, and uh, they're going to be going nuclear, but it's going to take time to ramp that up, solar and wind. And I have think that might have an impact on the Giga Berlin. Also, we have another variant of COVID, which could conceivably shut down Giga Shanghai for another month, maybe longer. And also the, uh, the, that variant was found in the USA as well. So I have a concern for that. Also, as far as Giga Texas, um, the electric power grid in Texas, you know, is substandard. And with the extreme heat wave that they're um, under right now, I wonder if that the electric grid is going to be able to support um, um, Giga Texas. You know, what happens if they lose power for a week, two weeks, or whatever. They have a massive outage like they did during the winter. Uh, those okay. are my comments and my concerns. Perfect. Thank you, Red Tesla Girl. So I, I, I want to let people know that my feeling is that I do actually think that everybody's saying is the right thing, right? Carpathy is leaving is not a major impact to the company. He probably left because he was burnt out, and uh, they left in good terms. Having said that, I want to remind everybody of what happened when Johnny Ive left Apple. It sounded like he left in good terms, and it sounded like they actually, you know, they set it up like his consulting firm will always continue to support Apple. But we find out now that he was paid $100 million, and so if you pay me $100 million, you bet I'm going to go to a, that party that Ash was talking about, <laughs> and I'll say all the right things. So I'm not saying that that's what's happening here, but... Yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it, the way that they handled this is perfect, and people believe it went out well. So, uh, Jeffrey? Yeah, I just want to make a quick comment on Shanghai. I thought you yes. um, brought up a good point. Um, it, the only thing I'll say is at the end of the of the lockdown, Tesla was piloting and actually using quote-unquote bubble factory where they kept the workers in. And, you know, I think it was a shift's work, you know, and they were they were basically trying to, get this process up and going where, hey, if there's another lockdown, can we employ the bubble? So my question, and I actually have asked this in, for the uh, earnings as well, is like, is the, bu is the bubble working? Like, have you fully validated it? Are your supplier, your key suppliers in that region also in a bubble? 
mm-hmm. you know, with you. And I, I think that's an important thing for Tesla to answer because I don't think if another variant lands, I don't think it's going to be as linear as it was before, which is like you shut down, you're shut down for six weeks and you're done. I think they have the bubble, one, two. Um, I think the government, while they're outwardly stating zero COVID, I also think they're working with companies a little bit more and like, but that's not quantifiable. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, I think the key thing is like, is the bubble working? How, how expansive is that bubble? And, you know, but it's not zero risk though. Perfect. Okay. Brandon. So, you know, one thing I was actually thinking about um, in last night, we were discussing clubhouse was that it could be that we're having this Apple moment with Steve jobs where, mm-hmm. you know, we're at the point where he- no, can't hear you, Brandon. Elon is playing with mm, I can't hear you, Brandon. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, so we got Andrea back up. Can you finally join us, Andrea? Yes, yes. Can you hear me now? Yes, perfect. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No, I am a big Tesla investor and believer. Yeah. And a big uh, Elon fan. And, um, now that, you know, it's been more than six years about uh, the FSD project and mm-hmm. uh, um, is not ready yet. So, and uh, on top of that, Tesla is uh, already selling uh, the beta version. I know that is optional and everything, but he's selling something that is not still fully working and plus I'm seeing some videos of Waymo maybe somebody has more insight on this project than in the Phoenix area where is uh, like geo fenced but it looks that it's working okay it's just in Phoenix downtown but it's fully working without any driver and uh, clients are paying customers and uh, so I um, uh, it, it might be um, hostility of Elon install, installing radar or I don't know the details of uh, the differences between Waymo that is a much uglier car than a Tesla Model 3 because as all the cameras but if it works uh, why not but I repeat, I, I am not um, experienced in this sector. I just looked at the videos and it works. So, uh, and I, about, I can cover that. Okay. Uh, the Waymo uses AI 1.0. It has to be, it, it cannot drive down a street that has not already been scanned. Okay. Tesla is using new AI that is designed to drive down a street it has never seen before. It's a different approach. Tesla is behind in some ways. Like you said, the Waymo is driving in San Francisco and in Phoenix and I believe in Pittsburgh. Um, but they can't leave the geofence. They're not driving across the Golden Gate Bridge yet. Okay. Yeah. Um the if you study the autonomous industry there's a couple companies who think that they can uh, that their system is even learning faster than tesla's i you know like wave over in uk is one of them the um waymo car has 
something like six LIDARs on it and 19 cameras and was built for LIDARs. It is um, going to need to be rewritten to compete head-on with Tesla, I believe. Thank you. So, Brandon, did you... By the way, who told who validated that? I had a conversation with Sebastian Thrun, who built the Waymo team, and he said he made a mistake by betting wow. on lidars. He told me that in today's world is about yes. cameras, and he would completely bet on cameras if he had to do it today. That is powerful, Robert. So this is why you're here, Brad. You have inside knowledge. You have direct access to the founders of this company. And I did hear that, that the founders of the LiDAR companies, they did that because Vision AI was not ready at the time, 10, 12 years ago. And then now when they've left that that company they first founded, the companies that they're founding now are a pure vision because they know that this is the path to go through. And so those companies that are doing LiDAR, they're they're dead in the water. And that's wonderful, Robert. You you actually talked to it directly, Sebastian Thrum. The the other thing is, uh, you have to do some customer research to understand customer acquisitions. Um, I went around America asking people, "Are you ready to get in a car without a steering wheel?" That's a Waymo or a Cruise from General Motors. Everybody said, "Fuck now." Uh-huh. <laughs> One guy in Kansas said, I'm a narcissistic control freak, and there's no fucking way I'm getting in a car when a computer is driving me around. Then you switch to, well, what if the car drives to you, and you have a choice of you driving or the car driving? Everybody changes their answer to yes, which is why Tesla is going to have zero customer acquisition costs, because everybody knows that Tesla is fun to drive. Yeah, it's a transition. It's a transition. Okay. I yeah, got customer you. acquisition costs. Waymo is going to have to spend a lot of money on customer acquisition costs as they go into new neighborhoods, though. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Chuck, did you want to yeah, contribute? I just want to piggyback on Robert's comment. Thank you for continuing to ask for that survey, because in my industry of aviation, I'm of the opinion that we will never have pilotless airplanes until people are comfortable to ride in driverless cars. Yeah. Hey, Chuck, how come nobody's ever um, asked me a survey while I'm flying in the plane? That, do you want to be the one flying the plane or do you let just, <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. The, the front left seat is definitely the best window, just so you know. <laughs> hey, Brandon, did you want to say something? Oh, not, yeah. Not you, so, Brandon, the other Brandon. Uh, <laughs> the other Brandon, sorry. The, the speaker, the, the uh, audience member, Brandon. <laughs> we'll get back to you, Brandon. Got it. Yeah, there are two quick things I wanted to chime in on uh, which order to go in. Uh, I guess since Robert was just answering the Waymo and Cruise question, you know, my two cents there kind of being in a slightly different part of the AI ML industry is I would not underestimate the competency and the technical skill of the people at Waymo or at Cruise. Um, They are doing computer vision. They're doing, they're doing a lot of things. Um, I think the challenge that they're going to face both of those companies and the ones taking a similar approach is just scalability like they're kind of throwing money at the problem and saying, hey, let's put as much hardware, let's make it kind of as easy as possible to build one or four of these cars. Um, but getting to having millions of them is going to take them 10 years probably on their current course. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big question is really just as they slowly expand their fleets and their offerings over the next several years, what's going to happen coming from the other side of the market where you have Tesla, and I would not uh, discount Mobileye. I think they're going to be a, a force here, quite possibly. Um, but and all these other kind of smaller startups that you you might be familiar with. 
some of them, you know, there's a chance, a good chance that they will start to encroach on the moat that Waymo and Cruz think they have and be able to do it in a more scalable way. I think you're going to see vision plus radar as a powerful combination, at least for L3 and some limited L4 modes in the next few years. Uh, and then it's really just a matter of where do things converge three, five, seven years down the road uh, and who's able to get to scale and build a moat first. Um, the other thing I wanted to say earlier on was about the uh, Andre uh, Carpathy stuff. Um, you know, I, I heard people say, hey, when they announced his sabbatical that, you know, it was already a done deal that he was leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to assume that. And partly because about 10 years ago, I went to my boss at Microsoft and said, hey, I, I think I need to leave. I need a break. I'm burned out. I might move. I don't know what I'm going to do. And they convinced me to take four months off and think mm-hmm. about it. And I ended up still leaving. But, you know, there was that time frame where mm-hmm. it's like, well, actually, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to travel. I'm going to kind of consider my options. Uh, and that can be a way that they, they try and retain someone and give them that chance to uh, come back at full force. And, you know, maybe it often doesn't work. But I wouldn't assume that he was completely gone or that they pushed him out, you know, any of those kinds of things. I think it's totally possible that it was a similar situation. He said, hey, I, you know, need to change something. Uh, I've been working crazy hard for four or five years on this stuff. Uh, And they convinced him to take some time off and think about it before making a quick decision. I love it. Great contribution. Okay, Brandon from FSD, Brandon. Yeah, so, you know, I brought this up in Clubhouse last night. So, I kind of feel like maybe we're having this moment where we had with Apple and Steve Jobs where the you know the board actually removed him as the CEO because of the direction that he's taking the company and I just brought this up as a point with backing out of the Twitter deal using you know Tesla stock as you know selling so much of that to do the acquisition and then backing out and in his personal life you know having different you know babies mamas all over the the world now um, you know, that could be attributing to potentially Carpathia leaving or people's position on how they feel about Elon in general. So that was just something I brought up last night. So I'm curious what other people think of that. Sure. Any of the speakers want to respond to that? Uh, Gail, welcome. Hi. I, um, I'm talking to you guys by Starlink, nice. um, which I I got um, here in Austin. I bought it as like RV, the RV version. So if it cuts out, you know, it's not 100% here in Austin. It's, you know, so if I do cut out. But, um, but yeah, it's good to see all you guys, especially Chuck. I've never talked to you before, Chuck. Um, Brandon, Ash, uh, my Tesla weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm here in Austin and it's super, super hot, but I did want to just like, I know that someone was mentioning about like the grid here in Texas. And so like right now we do have a program where we can voluntarily reduce our usage between like 12 and 8 p.m. So some people are doing that. But, and I think a lot of us already know that south of Houston and Angleton, that there is an 81 Tesla Megapack, uh, uh, I guess, center down in Angleton. 
And that's contributing to helping the grid right now. Um, it has 100 megawatts of power. And so, yeah, so it wasn't, it obviously wasn't in place, you know, when we had our winter freeze. So this is, this is really putting it to the test. And uh, I think a lot of you have also seen the solar panels going up on Giga Texas here in Austin. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a huge, huge amount of energy that, that the factory is going to produce so that I don't think they're going to worry too much about losing power for, for the factory. Okay. Thank you, Gail. Yeah. yeah. And for Carpathy, like I think Carpathy should be happy and, and go on and do what he wants and like trust his vibe. And he <laughs> did what he did at Tesla. And I don't think that you know, that the team is, is going to hurt too much with him gone. I think he, I think he, he'll go on to teach or, or, uh, you know, maybe help, help, help another company advance in autonomous driving if, if we're lucky. I mean, I, I think he's just going to trust his vibe and, and go on with his life. Wonderful. Thanks, Gail. So I'm going to ask the same question to each of the speakers, and then I'll kind of alternate between uh, bringing up other uh, audience members. So let's start with you, Jeffrey. The question I want to ask all the speakers is, we talked about three things. Tell me which one of these three are the ones that you're most concerned about that you think will have the most impact to Tesla. Um, and uh, which ones, you know, just kind of rank them and tell me which one is the most important one and you're most concerned about. Okay, so the first one is, FSD being delayed because of Carpathy leaving. Um, the second one is the COVID hit to Shanghai, possibly, or may not even happen at all. And the third one is the 4680 delay and just generic, generic, generally the Giga Texas ramp being slow and its potential impact to both production of cars and also semi and truck. Jeffrey, what's your uh, kind of feeling of these three potential risks? Yeah, I'll go through them. I think the top risk is the 4680 ramp. I mean, we just don't have clarity on, you know, daily output versus plan and like what was really needed, you know, to get us to where we need to get to for 2022 in terms of volume and then supply for the new products it has to go into. So, I, like I said before, I think the 4680 is the biggest risk and we need more information on it. I think Shanghai talked about the bubble. I don't think it's a perfect. You know, I don't think it, it fixes the problem of lockdowns, but I also think the government is evolving a bit as well in terms of their view of lockdowns. So I think, you know, I think there's risk there. I think it's just, I hope it's less uh, than, than what it was, you know, April to May. Uh, and then the third thing, FSD. I don't think FSD has properly been value, value it's not in the valuation. Um, you know, I... You know, you'd like to think like, okay, Tesla's trading at X number of times, both trailing and forward, you know, earnings, you know, that, you know, there's got to be an FST component is, I think it's in there. I just don't, I, I mean, I, if you look at the reaction, you know, just today in the stock price, you know, I think they managed the transition well. Um, and again, I go back to my original point, Andre is the architect, the architecture is there. Uh, and I think he's a valuable person, and I think, uh, and I'm sorry to see him go. Uh, but in terms of shipping FSD, mm -hmm. um, I think the team there that has, has to execute, you know, the plan. And so I, I view that as number three. Perfect. Thanks, Jeffrey. How about you, Brian? My Tesla weekend. So I would say the Texas ramp is, I would agree, 
the problem, the 4680 ramp is a problem. When we saw Cato Road coming online, we were, a lot of us were of the belief that they were stockpiling massive amounts of them. And then one day they announced, oh, we just produced our one millionth cell. And we were like, a million cells? That's that's like 12,000 cars. That's nothing. Hmm. Uh, so um, it's concerning for sure. And they keep adding more equipment and they keep dialing in the production. But batteries, 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 it is the constraint. Um, in terms of, I guess I'd put the shutdown in Shanghai in last place because the news I've heard in the last couple of days is that the citywide testing is only coming up with 50 to 60 positives a day. And it's all in quarantined areas and they're doing very rigorous contact tracing. So even if it does shut down again, I believe it would be quite limited. And then I guess FSD delay in the middle, but not because of uh, Carpathy's departure. Nice. Hey, so uh, Brian, you showed me yesterday your performa and you had the production numbers and you had it broken down by factory. And you did it by year, all the way to 2032. And then you mm -hmm. told me that you're actually adjusting it down. Why are you readjusting it down? Um, because uh, my earlier estimates had had uh, more uh, expansion in Shanghai moving more quickly. And uh, the, the construction that we were hoping to see couldn't happen in Q1 as expected. Okay, thank you. And guys, Brian is so accurate. He is he's the most accurate of anybody who estimates the number of production numbers. He hit it like was it within point point five percent in the last quarter? Last quarter it was off by point three on production. Um <laughs> was that 10 and yeah, no, no, it's way more than that. I mean I, I had one quarter where I got within ninety-one cars and I was pretty pretty pleased about that, but Jesus. it's difficult. You're amazing, Brian. Okay, let's get Frank to ask a question, and I'll keep going down the, the list of speakers. Frank, welcome. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I I haven't been following the battery issue that much, but um, I have been following a lot about Andre, and uh, yeah. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. It kind of seemed to me like he went on his like sabbatical. Right around the same time, I mean, right after maybe, uh, I could be wrong about this, but right after OpenAI started showing off their new hmm. their Dolly 2 system, oh. I, I kind of wonder, I mean, when I saw all of his tweets while he was on vacation, mm -hmm. all about him exploring a lot of, you know, other areas of artificial intelligence. And so, I don't know, my, my sense is just that, you know, maybe he's just sort of feeling like, you know, being in that position, he's kind of constrained in, in the things that he could explore and that, you know, he may end up being like the key ultimately if he comes back because he'll have him and his buddies will have like solved freaking, you know, like mm -hmm. general intelligence or something. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, with just all of the things that are coming out everywhere right now, like, like I'm a developer and I just used GitHub Copilot like the other day for the first time yeah. and like an issue I was stuck on for like two weeks, it like figured out in like an hour, like yeah. with me just fiddling with it for the first time. So it's just like, I could see from his perspective, it's like, there's so much happening there that, you know, maybe he's, he just wants to like, you know, help, help that out and, and learn from all these guys. And then who knows, you know, I don't, you know, as far as Tesla, like having a moat around that, I think as far as, you know, they probably want to work with Elon ultimately. Right. So, 
from my sense, it's like, you know, they want to work with whoever's probably going to apply these things in the most cool, exciting ways. So I'm not concerned about it, but I think it's a really, really interesting development. Frank, Frank, I I love it. That's the one that I'm I'm really excited about. I think you you might be right. He's moving on and he wants to do the Dolly and uh, the gener- general AI. That one I can follow you. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> Thank you. That's brilliant. Blew my mind. Um, Chuck, what's your thoughts on the three issues? Yeah, I think there are three different timescales. I think the Shanghai thing could be measured in a quarter and it's worst case scenario. So that's the last on my list. I think the 4680 has gotten a lot of hope tied to the, the cyber truck and a lot of other things want that if, if that falls through or gets delayed, it will have some material impact on the stock. And I think FSD, it's a it's a project. It's working. It's evolving. I, I think we need to get better at setting expectations so that we're not in this constant letdown mode. But uh, with Elon on the Twitter handle, I'm not sure we're going to have a grasp of that. That's why you're such a good FSD beta tester, because you have a negative, well, let's not call it negative, <laughs> realistic approach to FSD. And so if you do test his left turn and it's improved, as he is hoping it would be, what te- what thing are you going to do testing next? Oh, I've got four or five scenarios that I really like to test. Unmarked roads, I think, is an important one. I think the different traffic scenarios are really good. But if, if he just fixes uh, unprotected left turns, which... I do not think will happen in one fell swoop. There will be improvements okay. that I hope are measurable. But I, you know, I'm going to focus a lot more on the visibility issues that I've been documenting for a long time. I really do think that you know, uh, in order to be superhuman, the cameras have to have a visibility as good as a human as far as perspective. So I'll probably start talking a little bit more about angles of the B-pillar headlight or uh, side view mirror cam locations and things like that. Wonderful, Chuck. Thank you so much. Okay, Brandon. Hey, um, I'm in Wi-Fi now, so I should be good. Yes, you um, sound better. Yeah, um, I, I think the biggest issue is going to be the 4680 ramp up um, because, you know, it's pivotal on the new product launches with the Semi, with the Roadster, with the Cybertruck. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing looking forward. Um, I think number two is actually going to be Shanghai. And I say that because if we have global implications with a new COVID variant where we see countries locking down again, that could really impact sales figures and production numbers. So um, I'm going to put that as number two. Um, FSD, I just, I put as three just because, you know, it's not being considered for valuation purposes. Um, And it's pretty good right now. But yeah, so that's the positions I'm taking. Okay. I've got another question to ask everybody here. You just triggered it, uh, Brandon, which is, you know, Last year, or beginning of this year, Elon comes out and he says, FSD is the most important product and feature we need to do, and we're going to focus there. Then, earlier, he says, the robot is what we're going to do now. That's the thing that's going to really make a difference to this world. And then now, 4680 is causing issues, Gigafactory's production, and he is struggling every single day to make this go. Where is his focus going to be for this company? Um and which one is going to be delayed a little bit. So let me ask uh, Natalie, to, Nature's Elite, to join in. And meanwhile, uh, speakers, think about that. Hi, y'all. I don't Hello. have an answer to that. Um, <laughs> you guys know him better than anyone else. Um, I, I have two questions, actually, and they're specifically for Jeffrey Lutz. Um, yes. I don't. My first question, Jeffrey, is are you an employee at Tesla or are you just a speaker? And then, um, depending on how you answer the first question, 
what were you doing when you got off mute the first time? Because <laughs> you're breathing mm-hmm. very heavily. And don't lie yes. to us. So yes, he was. I want to know the answer to that, too. He was breathing heavily. Was he running? <laughs> Jeffrey, what's up? Oh, no, no, no. I was just walking around the house, uh, outside <laughs> of the house. So thanks for your uh, concern. I'm not an employee of Tesla. But Jeffrey is brilliant. How come you're so brilliant? Because that's why I always ask you to join these calls, because you're just amazing, your insights. What is your background? Uh, two decades you're running supply chain for yes. you know the mobile phone industries, consumer electronics. So um, a lot of experience with supply chain and uh, operations. And so why don't you answer my question that I ask you? His focus is FSD, robot, 4680. What do you think is going to happen now? Where is he now? Well, I, I think he said in that in an interview at Tesla Silicon Valley that he's focused on getting these factories ramped. I mean, he, he's a person, he's a, the type of leader and personality where he's not just going to kind of work on, he, he's going to, you know, he's going to look over those three areas that, that you just named. But I think pri- primarily it's, it's getting these factories to scale, which means 4680 uh, and getting that problem solved and, um, and, and FSD and, and, and progressing that. I mean, you can tell by the level of detail that he speaks to on both of those topics that that's where it is at. Obviously, besides SpaceX, right? Yeah, I, I got to agree with that. Hey, Ash, what's your thoughts on the, uh, the the three issues? I definitely think that Tesla has enough uh, capital, has enough workforce to focus on all these issues um, and even kind of deploy uh, rapid scale, new buildings, more people. Um, they're getting the best talent. Um so I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about any one of these specifically. So you're talking about the Focus, FSD, Robot, and 4680, the, the, the factory issues? Sure. I mean, Elon just has to say, do this, these things, and the people wow. can do it. You're the <laughs> ultimate optimist. People. You're so optimistic. It's, you're, you're worse than I am, I tell you. You're way out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd rather be optimistic and right than pessimistic and wrong. Right? <laughs> Okay, Robert, what's your thoughts on these two questions? I, I'm struggling to come up with anything that somebody hasn't said already because I, I totally agree with all the other speakers that the battery is is the, the thing I would be focusing on. It drives everything else in the business. If you can't make batteries, you can't make trucks. You can't make anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, China, short-term, I mean, if I was a short-term investor, that'd be, you know... Are, are they going to exceed numbers or or not succeed? Uh, you know, that'll be a short-term problem for your stock. But I, I'm not a short-term person. I, I'm investing in this thing for a decade. Yeah. I, I think Jeffrey was the one who said it, that each one of these are actually different time frames. So the 4680 Gigafactory issues is now. The robot is kind of like, you know, a future thing. So they're doing the prototype. And FSD has been happening for a long time, and they're just continuing to increment. And that might be midterm. But- the robot has to be ready when FSD really is ready to do a robo taxi, which let's say it's about four years from now. Whoa. Yeah. When, when it gets, you have to go through regulation. You have to convince people at work. Oh. You have to have safety miles. You, you have uh-huh. a lot of work. To, it's no, no. still not finished, right? Okay. So you think about, you know, finishing it off. When you say finishing it off, what do you mean? No, no, no. Okay, I need, I need Brandon. I need Brandon and Ash come back to, to give us some rosy color. Four years is too far away, Robert. 
It's not really. I, my car is already four years old, so four years goes fast. <laughs> I guess you're right. Brendan, what'd you think? I was just saying, your prototype is supposed to be this fall, so, you know, that's not too far away. Well, I just also think about um, Tesla having much more data and driving um, proof than Waymo. So, like, why couldn't Tesla start in, like, a geofenced area? Let's invite Abe up here. Hopefully, he can. Uh, the point is, when when it, when FSD does get done, whether it's a year, two years, four years, when it's actually driving around without a human in the car, that you need a robot to complete the tr transportation as a service. Because you're going to be sitting on your couch, you're going to go, "Oh, I need some pizza for dinner tonight." Hey, Tesla, can you get some some pizza? If it doesn't have an ability to go into a restaurant, pick up the pizza, put it in the truck, and then drive to your house, and then get out of the truck and knock on the door, it's not done. So that's the first goal of the robot. The robot has to be a delivery robot. And then there's a whole bunch of needs in the supply chain, right, for robots. You know, can, can, you, can you do new kinds of jobs with robots instead of more people? I, I was. Well, it's obviously our definitions are all different, right? And I don't. I never mean done. I, I just always mean just you know one feature in a factory for the robot to do it. And robotaxi, I don't mean that it's like you know generally available everywhere. But just one little, even a even just a geofenced area. That's fine as well, right? And that's still uh, still very good. Oh, there's Jasim. Jasim, you up there? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so my opinion, I think, is that Giga Texas, that ramp is the one that scares me the most. Like I think all of us have said. Um, I think that uh, it's worse than we've been hearing, um, that it's lower than we thought, and including, um, you know, we're kind of hearing the signs now as it's coming back out, that that's the one that's going to push all the numbers uh, away. And I'm not sure. Uh, what was shocking was that even at that day, I know that the interview happened in May. He was saying that he still said that Cybertruck is still by this time next year. So I'm hoping that he, he when he said that, that he meant that he felt like this was an achievable issue, that if he just focuses on it, he can address that. So, okay, who else is uh, up can't here? Make, can't make Cybertrucks if you can't make the 4680 batteries in quantity. Yeah, and he did say a, a while back that he sees the 4680 ramp is going to be very, very slow for this year, and then it will scale faster as it moves faster. So we need some good signals there. But I think that's the one that can actually impact everything from our estimates, our earnings estimates, and so forth. I think COVID Shanghai is, uh, like everyone is saying, the bubble and possibly uh, addressable. And then the worst case may be what happened last time, which is two weeks. And I think the new COVID um, variant is more infectious, but it's actually less uh, severe for people. So I, I'm not hearing yet that this is going to be a worse scenario. On the optimistic side of the, of the fence, the AI day is going to be a bigger day than most people recognize. They are fooling ahead of everybody else in AI. And you have not yet seen the latest simulator. You have not yet seen how they can build new things in the AI. And you, you haven't seen how that puts it all together. And when you do, you're going to get much more excited about Tesla, the company. Well, you just brought up a very good point that I was thinking about, which is, isn't it odd that Andre's leaving before the AI day, which is September 30th, 
uh, why wouldn't he just stay for that? Or is there a reason why he left before that? He can always return for the AI day. Then we'll we'll really know if he's friends of Elon's, right? Yeah, probably he won't. And I think maybe they're going to try to showcase um, uh, uh, what's the, the other guy's um, Jesus Ashok. Yeah, and the, um, what's the other guy's name? Milan. Yeah, we'll showcase them. But I, I found it a little weird, a little weird that you know that why is he not there if Aida is Aida's coming up? Uh, maybe okay, so. Maybe they're going in a direction that he was like, I'm out. I'm not going to do that phase of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have Tom here. He's a, his profile like says that he's an, off, he, like laying off people. Maybe he doesn't like to lay off all of his tagging team. Right. Oh, interesting. Right. I doubt that's not, I doubt that one, but that's interesting timing wise. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, Tom. Yeah, hi everyone. Um, just on the Andre thing, I just wanted to add in one more potential perspective that I I think it's possible that Andre was not quite of the mindset or ready to take on the bot project itself. And it's really in the initial stages of, of getting ramped up and becoming a, a relatively big part of, of Tesla. And I, I could definitely see a scenario where he was not willing to take on that responsibility or it's just not something he had interest in and it, it would it's almost certainly going to be very contentious from a, a how to build it and uh, what to do with it and then uh just a second comment i think there's a very important point around you know elon's perspective that this year fsd will get to safer than a human is was his exact words mm -hmm. and i do think that there's going to be a multi-year stretch where FSD is sold as an extremely, almost like an elite level advanced driver system. And yes. curious uh, if people have any thoughts around what type of demand we could see for something like that. I agree with you there. And um, and I, before I hand it off to Chuck uh, and Brandon to answer that question, um, I actually, when you said that his goal is... Um, to, to be safer than a human. That's right. He did say that. And theoretically, and not theoretically, but autopilot on the highway is already safer than a human. So it's not that robo-taxi as we define it to mean, which is what Robert described earlier, full robo-taxi service. That's not what we're shooting for. It's just shooting for something that is safer than a human. And theoretically, even FSD beta now could be considered safer than the average human, which humans are terrible drivers. That's a good point, Tom. Chuck? Okay, I'm going to go backwards. To answer your question there, it is safer than human in certain operational domains, but you can't get from point A without crossing through domains where it is definitely not even capable of performing some functions or safer than a human. But on many things, it is, but we got to close the loop so it's all safer than a human in order to be deployable. And the other thought I would say is on Andre and AI Day, uh, and, you know, being a, a leader in a, in a large company, I would never, ever put someone in a position at a recruiting event uh, mm, where I would want to look for new people. I would want <laughs> to put the new leader up on the stage to recruit his own people and, the, and to set his own vision. So Andre may have had the timing of it's now time for me to step down ahead of the recruiting event yes. in September. That's right. It's a recruiting event. And that's why I actually don't agree with Robert. I know that AI Day is going to shock all of us, but I don't know if it's going to impress Definitely not test the investors, investment firms, 
nothing to do with the stock. I have a bet going on right now whether or not we think um, with this uh, a friend of ours, Christian, whether or not on the day after the AI day, the stock's going to go up or down. And I don't think it's going to go up much more than maybe 1%. And we have a little bet there. Typically, AI day is going to be very exciting for us, but not for investors. Um, yeah, It'll set the tone for a few years, though. Well, just like it did. So that's the other thing I'm saying is that two years ago, we had AI Day 1. They announced Dojo. There's no way they're going to do AI Day 2 and not say that Dojo is active and launched and live. It's already live. It's up in Washington State, my friend. How do you know this, Robert? Because I have a friend inside the data center. And he told you that Dojo's live. Not just live. It's being used by the FSE autopilot team. It's being used. It's live. This is... Are you watching breaking news, Robert? Are you serious? Where do you think the 24 gigabit, the gigabytes per day from each of our cars is going? I don't know. I'm asking the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a data center up in Washington State that's two, uh, 2 million square foot, and Tesla has a good chunk of it. God, I live right here, so. <laughs> yeah, and- Andre did make a tweet on sabbatical that his words were, I cannot wait to get back to use Dojo again, essentially I'm paraphrasing, but also strongly implying it was active. The UP, do you guys think that uh, they're the, the letting go of the labelers? Is that a bullish thing? Because that means that they don't need it anymore. That's now flipped to the whole scenario where the computer is doing the auto labeling and then they don't, they're finding that they don't need humans to do the double checking as many of them anymore. Or do you think that it's, just because of, you know, again, some people are saying that, oh, it's, uh, you know, we're cost cutting. I got to let go of labelers. And on, on my show, I had AJ Janega, who's an AI pioneer and built his own auto tagger before Tesla did. Okay. And he explained that the auto tagger allows you to lay off people, no more humans. So that's what an auto tagger does. But didn't they call uh, it uh, Operation Vacation for a while? Yeah. But that's why everybody thought Carpathy was on vacation and they were going, see, Operation Vacation. Now it's Operation Leaving. <laughs> it's the Auto Tagger. The Auto Tagger has bought, brought AI into a new age. And, you know, if you're Carpathy, do you want to manage a thousand people and, and lay people off here and there and do that? Or do you want to go and start another company or start some new project that's really fun? Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people who can't handle. Managing people, it's not fun for them. Well, I don't I don't think Andre is managing people. He's a director of AI. He's got probably a small team. If you're in leadership at a big company like that, you're managing people, you're doing, you know, you're doing hiring and firing. You're you're that's what you're doing. Right? I don't know. I agree with Robert. You're not a director without managing goals, doing performance reviews, recruiting for holes that get, uh, you know, people that leave. That's my constant job. As a matter of fact, that's the worst part of my job is keeping uh, all of my uh, heads full. No, Robert worked for Microsoft. And you, we all know Microsoft has managers. And then you've got the people that have the title, but they have nobody working for them because they're just, you know, they're That's they're using their very brain. rare. They're usually weirdos who have their <laughs> own office somewhere in the world, like, uh, you know, San Francisco. <laughs> very rare at Microsoft that people at that level were not managing people. Well, that's hilarious. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Build, if you're going to yeah. build anything of note, you got to have a team. And oh, that means sure. managing people. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. 
All right. Let's. Uh, what I heard today, this group looks like they're very, very optimistic. It looks like that uh, Carpathy leaving seems to be a bummer, but not going to impact FSD progression. Although most people here did not believe that FSD is going to be completed by this year, and it's going to take you know continued long term. Um, and hopefully he didn't leave. I think people here are thinking he left because he was burnt out, as opposed to not thinking that this is going to be solved within two years, and so he doesn't want to spend time watching the incremental improvement, and he's looking for something bigger. Um, everybody here said that the 4680 delivery is the most important. The GigaTexas ramp is the issue. He needs to continue focusing on that, but likely it's going to be solved. And that most people didn't really pay uh, not that too concerned about COVID Shanghai or it's a black box. We don't know. So nobody's going to say anything about that. And then regarding the FSD robot and 4680 focus, I think everybody said that the 46, it's a different time frames. 4680 is the one that's how focused now. Robots way in the future, but they'll do a prototype and FSD is kind of the top priority still as a, as a big project. So Okay, well, thank you very much, everybody. Really uh, ha happy that every all the big players showed up for today. Uh, great conversation. If you're in the audience, please follow folks on the speaker. And um, Ash and I co-host this every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific. Please join next time as well. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate the, the call. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Herbert. Have a great night. Bye, everyone. Thank you.